0: Welcome to the PL Search podcast, where we highlight and explore CMCSS professional learning journeys. I'm your host, Amanda Nix, and once again, I'll be joined by Brian Hampton. Brian, one of the most inspiring things about this school year is how the employees in our district have grown by trying new things to reach students during the pandemic and in the virtual setting.
1: You're exactly right, Amanda. And our guests today are perfect examples of teachers who are always searching for more engaging and inspiring ways to reach students and get them excited about reading and learning. In today's episode, Julie Combs, a technology integration coach, and Rachel Wainwright, a media specialist from Norman Smith Elementary, give us a glimpse into their decades-long professional journey together and some of the great technology tools they have discovered along the way.
0: Rachel and Julie, we are so excited that you guys are here with us. Let's start by letting you tell us a little bit about yourself. So we'll start with you, Rachel.
2: My name is Rachel Wainwright, and I have um, been lucky enough to be with this school system for 26 years. I've been the librarian at Norman Smith for 16, and I was a high school teacher for five years before that, and a middle school teacher five years before that. And Julie, were we doing something on stage at Richview Middle School, and we were helping some kids do a program, and she came up to me afterwards, and she said, you know, I think we could be friends. (laughs) And it's been like that.
3: We've we've been friends ever Ever since.
0: since. (laughs) Okay, so Julie, what about you?
3: I am Julie Combs. I'm currently a technology integration coach. I've been with Clarksville-Montgomery County School System for about the same amount of time as Rachel, I think, 25, 26 years. Um, this is actually uh, coming up on my 30th year as far as just teaching goes. I taught a few years in Dixon, and um, I've taught at Sango Elementary School. I've been the at-risk coordinator, and I've taught at Richview Middle School. So,
1: Okay, so, Rachel, we're curious, how do you and Julie work together? So, is there, do you have a particular kind of team workflow, or does one person come up with a problem, and then you start working on a solution, or what does that whole process look like?
2: Ring, Julie, ring, Julie, Julie, <laughs> Julie, that, that's pretty much how the process goes. Yeah. Um, I'll have a classroom idea that might be getting a little stale, you know, especially with the Xbox generation. And I'll say, Julie, this is a lesson I have. It's not as engaging as I would like for it to be. Do you have any ideas? And she always has ideas and she has helped me put together lots of lessons. She even sticks around. She'll say, do you want me to just stay with you during the first lesson? When is the first time you're going to teach this? And we do it together to get through any hiccups or any technology stops along the way. And she'll help you get through it a few times.
3: Good answer, Rachel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it it really is. Yeah, that's the way we we roll.
2: Well, that's what we've done, Julie. And the thing is... (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm an expert in the library. There's a lot of stuff on a librarian's plate. There's the physical management of the library. There's making sure that the collection matches standards. There's also teaching the classes and any any library promotion, reading culture, anything that, you know, you want to get hyped up in the school, plus teaching pre-K through fifth grade classes. So I'm an expert there. And it's really overwhelming to be an expert in all of that, spending the, the budgets, running book fairs, and being an expert in technology too, which, you know, up until five years ago, I felt pretty confident for someone in their fives, right? So, but then all of a sudden there was this just explosion of technology choices, so many different programs that fit certain standards or for certain exercises better and it just got to be too much that's what i love our school system having the technology instiga- ins, instigators um, integration
3: instigators, <laughs> right, instigators, instigators.
2: Um, i mean i need my own personal one and julie's kind of <laughs> like that but she can't stand over my shoulder and, and and um constantly say you're clicking too fast
3: she's a happy clicker i being a happy clicker
2: yeah um <laughs> But I do wish we could have one for every school, really. Um, And it's helped, it's helped too that Julie's my friend. So I feel more confident or, you know, not as, I don't feel like I'm bugging her. Even though I know I am bugging her. You know, she never makes me feel like this is the third time I've told you how to download those reports. I keep telling her,
3: this is where I get my joy. Anytime I can help her or any teacher do something that they're struggling with that makes me happy yeah that's that's my my teacher heart so
2: it is and it's helped me be a better teacher too Julie because there's no getting frustrated with the kids saying we've logged into Google Classroom every time I'm in here you know you're not going to say that to a kid (laughs) and I have to
0: remember because you've been like that with me so one of the things Rachel that we have learned about you is you've grown so much with your uh, technology skills. So, talk to us about some of the specific things that Julie has helped you work through over those last five years that you were discussing. You know,
2: best practices are best practices, no matter whether they're a traditional student or a virtual student. But what she's helped me do is help use technology as a way to engage the kids more and help them become more involved and really more responsible.
1: Well, so as you're talking about this, there are two things that popped into my mind, sort of, I had, I had two questions about this because the interesting thing about your learning journey is that you, you're learning a lot of things about technology, but I'm curious, was there an instance, uh, was there a time when you were in the library or in a classroom and something happened and you just thought, I've really got to get on top of this technology situation?
3: You know, I feel like Rachel and I have always kind of been, we've had that pioneer spirit so I don't think any one of us are really uh, afraid of technology. The focus for me has always been how can I engage the students? And I, and I feel like Rachel feels the same way. So it's always been part of our method, just looking for that that next thing that's going to help make the lesson more engaging, give the students a little more ownership. And it, it's never been about the actual technology tool. It's always been about the end goal of, okay, so how can we take this great lesson that we've already got and make it more engaging for the students or make it more efficient as far as working and, and recycling it and maybe using it the next year and staying organized. So, you know, those, those conversations that we have about that just happen So naturally I can't pinpoint it to a aha moment like that because It just feels like it's always been that way.
1: So it sounds like this has progressed very naturally. And so then that leads me into the second question that I had, which is that since there wasn't this, oh my gosh, moment, has there been a wow moment where you, maybe you were doing something or there was a lesson that you were conducting and you just thought to yourself, oh, wow, this, this is pretty amazing that I came from, you know, point A to this point and I'm using this technology in such an effective way.
2: Well, it, it's more like, I bet Julie's had lots of wow moments. Wow. Yep. Rachel doesn't know where the control key is. Wow. <laughs> Let's help Rachel with this five times. Wow. Hey, hey
3: you, you want me to point you in the right direction because the one that immediately pops in my head the scavenger hunt.
2: We did do that mm-hmm. digitally. We, we did. sure did
3: with I the QR that, code cards, and we had bunches of teachers oh, in the oh, building. Was it was fun. after school. The kids used their iPads, and it was like teacher magic.
2: That was so much mm-hmm. fun. That wasn't the one that popped in my head. The one that popped in my head was. How exciting is it for a kid to learn how to find their own book in the library? <laughs> and it's hard to teach a kid how to find them, how to find something that you need all on all by yourself because it involves a lot of different steps. And you made the digital lockout. Don't forget about it. And we hid clues all over the library and there were several different steps involved. And then they were super motivated to go find what they needed to find, search it out. Once they got the books to the table that they were supposed to do, there were clues in them. They had to rearrange and do a little puzzle and then they could get locked up, you know, unlock themselves from the digital breakout room. And that was so much fun.
3: That sounds fun. (laughs) The library, the library lockdown. I forgot about that one. I'll tell you guys, I, I target librarians. You
2: get school, You get all the students.
3: I do. It hits every single kid in a building if if I can help a librarian do
0: something. So, Julie, then tell us about the other, the scavenger hunt that okay, you're
3: speaking so, about. So, um, one of the high school teachers and uh, a high school librarian, Sandy Ng, had a scavenger hunt that she did. And Rachel and I went over after school one day to watch the kids do this so it was an after school program and when when i saw that it was it was analog activity i was like oh my gosh we could plug some technology into that and really make it something awesome for the kiddos so we spent uh it probably took a couple months to plan it it was an after school activity we had bunches of teachers in the building participating and when um so we had like we might say um One of the things I had to do was find a picture of a president, so they have a QR code that they would scan so each teacher had an envelope with the QR codes in it. And each team of students had an iPad so they would draw a number go to that place in the building, so this was entire building it was after school. And they would get their clue from the teacher and it was a QR code so they'd scan it with their iPad read the clue, and then they'd have to find whatever that thing was, and it could be anywhere in the building. Well, a picture of a president, you could pull out a, a penny and do that, you know, so they really had to think there were many, many ways to get the right answer, and once they had a picture of the answer, then they would go to the next teacher and show them their answer. The teacher would say, yep, you've got the, the right answer. That's right, because there were so many different possible ways to get the right answer. We had to have a teacher looking at it to say, yes, it is, or no, it's not. So they would go to a designated teacher, she'd look at say, yep, that's a picture of a president and then give them the next clue. And so they had to go all over the building and do that. It was so much fun.
1: So you're working with in-person and virtual students, Rachel. And uh, could you tell us about the strategies you're using to meet the learning needs of of both of those groups?
2: Well, this is the first year I've ever had to teach and really probably a lot of us virtually. I even have a uh, virtual RTI class this year. And um, so virtually a couple of of things I've done Um, first virtually library all the elementary librarians in the county put out a virtual library lesson every week for each grade level. And that's been at first it was really challenging and now I'm finding I'm having to call fewer and fewer people to make the video, (laughs) but at first we're making videos we're making um, Nearpod activities. So they're interactive. They're not just listening to a book and walking away from it. There's uh, ways in which students have to respond and create things and turn them in.
3: And I'm glad you said Nearpod. So good for engaging and letting every student answer.
2: It's so wonderful. And you know, I was thinking about something I said earlier, which was there's such a smorgasbord. There's just such been such an explosion of things. And you were talking about wow moments, Brian. And it was like, wow, I'm never gonna wrap my head around all these things. You go to all these in-services and they said, well, you're just supposed to take this much away. Well, if you just have this much, you know, a tiny bit of every little thing, it feels disconnected for me. And Julie said, just get one down. Pick get on. one down, get it so that you know the program inside and out. And that was a Nearpod for me. So I know how to do everything in that and, and get it going and make it useful to students. And then you're ready to go on to the next thing. And somehow that just makes the next thing so much easier. So Nearpod really helped me uh, reach out and connect to the virtual students. We do, I do activities in Nearpod with the virtuals with my virtual R2EI students as well. But I've really expanded more with that group um, than I have with the tradi- with the virtual library students because I don't really see them, the, most of the virtual students, on a regular basis like I do my RTI kiddos. And um, I, I just try all kinds of things with them. And it's a small group, too, so I think I, I, I don't have to worry about any classroom discipline falling apart or anything like that. If I can't find something, we, we can always fall back and try something else, mm-hmm. too where that doesn't always work when you've got a whole classroom full of fifth graders.
1: So Julie, how have your strategies been affected? Like your your approach to uh, working as a technology integration coach during this whole crazy pandemic experience, what are some new strategies that you have, that you've been working with?
3: So um, contact tracing has been quite interesting. You know, um, the, tech, the elementary technology integration coaches have uh, about five schools a piece so we've always had to spread ourselves pretty thin and maybe be in a school once a week if everything worked out perfectly so one of the surprising things that's happened is with zoom because i can open up a open zoom lab i can interact with teachers from all five of my schools at any time so that has been a real eye opener and a game changer I feel kind of kind of silly being a technology integration coach and not having thought of doing it that way before but now it it just seems so natural if a teacher you know is struggling with whatever it is I can send her a quick zoom link and say hey let's hop on and she can share her computer with me and I can I can show her right on her device I've zoomed into classrooms where the traditional students were in the classroom and the teacher was teaching the lesson and I zoomed in and was projected up on the screen and could deliver whatever it was that you know we were we were doing that day so that's been really neat I still miss the it's it's difficult to see the the sweet little aha moments on their faces when you're virtual because even though the screen the teacher can turn their computer around so I can see the students it's just not the same as being there with them. So I'm looking real forward to being able to be back, back physically in the classroom with students. But pretty much anything that I was able to do last year before everything happened, I can I can still do now. It's just, you know, figuring out how to make it work.
0: So it sounds like you've learned so much this year. Rachel, what do you think is your biggest achievement?
2: My biggest achievement has been working with students virtually and I've always been, I haven't had an RTI group. Well, I have occasionally in the past and it gets sprinkled throughout and it depends very much on the scheduling of the building and how many students we have and a whole variety of of variables that depend on the schedule. But this year I had this virtual group, virtual RTI And I had to find a way to keep students engaged and just discovering so many different technology tools so that it makes it exciting when they come to spend time with me every day. That's been a big aha. And I screened for the first time. I don't know if that means anything to you all, but screening with virtual people on FastBridge, two screens going at the same time evaluating while some student while the student is seeing one thing and I'm seeing another thing and a timer is going <laughs> you go girl I, feel good about that. I, I mean there might be some teachers listening rolling their eyes because they do it all the time but for me that was a big thing because I just thought oh that's not me I'm not going to be able to do that well, nobody's shown me how to do that yet I'm you know sorry I can't help you but I wanted to learn how to do it and I got on and I was able to really help a whole grade level. At my school this year, with that, and that felt good.
1: That's fantastic. Um, so, moving forward, Rachel, we'll go ahead and start with you. What are some big goals or big ideas that you are already thinking about for next year to help continue in your uh, in your growth and development as a techno guru? Uh,
3: did you hear that? Julie? I heard that. I heard that.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: okay. You can wear that badge. Hold your horses. You can wear that badge. Hold your horses. That might be a little bit much. Um. Well, you know, depending on what happens with our after-school clubs and the pandemic and everything, we our after-school clubs this year and our contacts have really been limited, right? And if that happens again next year, I would like to have a virtual book club. I've always had after-school clubs of some sort, and I really miss doing it this year. So I would have to, I would like to do some kind of virtual after-school book club um, where we don't necessarily have to be together on uh, Zoom to be reading the books, but where we would meet at least once a week and do some activities together about a book that we've all chosen to do together.
3: I think that'll be fun. I've got a librarian friend that um, is a high school librarian out in uh, Washington State, and I'm pretty sure she's doing that, Rachel. So I think we can get that going. That's oh, yeah, sure. yeah.
1: So then, Julie, that so that there's one thing that we know you are connected with Rachel and doing the book clubs. So are there other things that that are percolating in your mind for for the coming year?
3: Oh, so many things, so many things. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about for next year is using the SAMR model. It's S A M R to help teachers kind of ramp up the the rigor of their tech integration. You know, the technology integration coaches talk the SAMR framework amongst ourselves all the time. But it's been a bit of a struggle to have that conversation with teachers. But now that we're one-to-one and teachers are seeing what the possibilities are, I think it's going to be a natural thing for next year to, start helping teachers move from substitution which is just taking whatever we did physically and putting it on the computer to augmentation and modification of redefinition which are the other levels not saying that redefinition is the goal it, it's not it's a uh, think of it like swimming laps so when you're at the substitution level that's the shallow end of the pool And then you go to augmentation, which is getting a little bit deeper, and then modification, and then redefinition would be in the deep end. So you don't stay in the deep end all the time. You swim laps. So I'm really looking forward to helping teachers. Most of my teachers will be moving from substitution, which is what they've grown accustomed to this year, to augmentation and modification, where they're really... Um, embracing the advantages that the technology can offer using those built-in accessibility tools, using the features in Nearpod so that they can collect data, monitor what their students are doing, get every single kid using the technology and answering so that, you know, in the traditional classroom, we ask a question, one kid gets to answer maybe two, but they all have something in their mind. With Nearpod, everybody gets to answer every time they don't have to be sitting in the room with you, but they can be sitting in the room with you. They still all get to answer at the same time. So that's, that's powerful. It is
0: so evident how passionate you both are for the, the role that you do each day. Rachel, I'm just curious, how do you instill a love of reading for your students?
2: I, I read out loud a lot to them. I read out loud a lot to them and I'm a good actress in the reading, and it just, you just have to make it exciting, and you also have to know your students and have a lot of relationships. It's about the relationships. I could pick out and be the best reader of a book that they don't, they're not interested in, so I have to know what their interests are. I have to know what they like and point them in the right direction and get them hooked and turned on to something.
3: And I as soon as you asked that question, Amanda, I, the first thing that popped in my head was she reads to those kids all the time. And that makes such a difference. Kids learn to love reading when you read to them and you read things that they love. And she doesn't just read to them, though. She creates a reading environment, not just in the physical walls of that library, but throughout the school. She has a, uh, a beautiful case set up that has um like story genres. So like the American Girl series, she has a display. So it's not, it's not just what she does in the classroom. She does it in the entire building. Well,
2: you know, I just think if they like me, they, if they want to see me, if, if I'm nice to them, if I'm good to them, if I'm excited when they come down and they tell me they've read one book and I praise them for that. And that gets them excited and they want to come down and do it again you know we're hooked on attention and i give them attention for the the thing that i love and that's going to help them be a happier more well-rounded person reading yeah i want them to love it i want them to love it i want them to come in and have a good time when they're in here
0: Well, I love how your friendship brought you together, but you're able to continue that professionally as well. So thank you both for sharing your journey together and how you're working and learning every day. I so appreciate that.
1: We really appreciate you sharing your time and sharing your journey with us.
0: It's been fun. Thank you for having us. it's been fun. Thank you again to our guest, Julie Combs and Rachel Wainwright from Norman Smith Elementary. And thank you to our listeners. As we always say, the PL Surge podcast is powered by your learning journey. If you have a professional learning story you'd like to share, you can reach us at plsurge at cmcss.net.
1: This podcast is produced and edited by the professional learning team in the Clarksville Montgomery County school system. In addition to today's guests, we would also like to give special thanks to Emily Clark, who is the principal at Norman Smith Elementary. Until the next time, keep learning and keep journeying.